Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. And do you know what this Gridiron Show is? This Gridiron Show is the first ever Gridiron Show, the first ever time we've been able to sit in a studio and say the Jacksonville Jaguars have won in London. Come on! That's all I want to do for an intro. Fade that fader up. There were some plans to make this podcast literally just two hours of us talking about how much we love the Jags now, but uh, I think we should probably at least try and focus on uh, on some of the other football as well. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter in the studio. This is the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. Sports Travel Tours, we went to the uh, tailgate, the pre-party in the SSE Arena tailgate beforehand. It was fantastic. All Lots of local Buffalo super fans were there. They had a live band on. There was food. There was free, well, not free beer. Obviously, you paid for the ticket, but you get as much as you want to drink beforehand really really good stuff and they're going to be doing it again next weekend for the Lions Chiefs game so definitely worth checking out we'll be tweeting all about it from at Gridiron and also on Instagram at UK Gridiron I'm trying trying to push the Instagram and the Vine and the everything else Periscope Uh, are we going to do that again I I thought Periscope worked briefly with that first quarter thing it was just at half time I wanted to eat and it was a terrible hot dog. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really dreadful. I didn't wasn't going to periscope about my terrible hot dog. Uh, but we, yes, we saw a game at Wembley this weekend, and not only did we see a game, we saw a Jacksonville Jaguars win. I unbelievably excited. I think everyone truly, well and truly, bought into the Jags this weekend when that touchdown went in. And again, if you've not seen the video yet, up on uh, up on our Twitter at Gridiron of Ollie just astounded when the Jags, having lost a twenty four point lead. Thanks to a uh, return touchdown I- interception into the end zone. They go three points down. It looks like it's all said and done. And then Blake Bortles, Alan Hearns, diving catch. Oh. And that I've just, I, they've got a video. I filmed the crowd to see what their reaction was like. Got the music, got the flames. And then I just got Ollie Hunter's shocked little face staring up at the scoreboard, not being able to believe what happened. That was in no way staged. That was your actual reaction. It and it's brilliant. So go and check that out as well. So we'll talk about that game. We'll talk about all the other games coming up uh, from the weekend. Me and Ollie may have gone to a bar after the game. And the fact that uh, my voice still sounds rough as anything should indicate how that night went. So uh, we're going to have Matt Sherry join us to talk about the games in some informed manner. That's the hope, at least. Uh, we've also got all the locker room interviews from the Jags game. We're going to be speaking with both the Allens, Hearns and Robinson. Telvin Smith and Chris Clemens, who both had standout games on the defence, both returned defensive touchdowns. So, well, in fact, we're going to speak with every touchdown scorer except for TJ Yeldon, because, uh, unfortunately, the audio from TJ Yeldon went missing. Went missing. Plus, they would only do. Um, they only did uh, press conferencey stuff with him. Unbelievable! Terrible! Yeah. Terrible! So <laughs> and do they not know who we are? Yeah. Uh, so we, are, well, we. When you said that, <laughs> when you said that in the locker room, do you not know who I am? It was the way I picked up. Uh, Tyson Alualu's pads and threw them on the ground. Yeah. I think really put people off. Tyson Alualu. Alualu. It took us the entire game to work out exactly how to say his name. Uh, Probably shouldn't admit that. So, uh, yeah, um, the other thing, we want to say big thanks to everyone who came down to the Hippodrome afterwards, uh, meeting some of the fans. uh, If you listened to last week's podcast, in fact, uh, where we had uh, our Jets fan on, I want to call him Tim, but it's actually Tom. I keep I kept calling him Tim on the night, I'm relatively sure as well, and I'm really sorry if I did do that. Uh, But they were absolutely delightful, and we met a bunch of other guys as well, and we saw all the guys from our fantasy league, and yeah, it was a really fantastic night. We really enjoyed ourselves. We maybe enjoyed ourselves a little bit too much. Well, I may have uh, been a little better than you at um, not enjoying myself as much. You were a disgrace. Have you been, uh, have I told you what happened, how my night ended? No. And anyone who follows me on Twitter, at Will Gav, will, uh, will have seen me tweeting about this. So I got in at about half eleven, which doesn't sound like that late, but when the game started earlier and we'd been there and drinking and whatever else, Sarah was still up waiting for me. I tried to claim that I wasn't drunk, apparently. She was like, you're really drunk. I was like, I'm not drunk. Uh, I, I, I was so drunk, I don't remember this. 
I fell asleep on the sofa, woke up on the sofa at 6am, still pretty drunk, <laughs> and had to go crawling back to bed. And, uh, yeah, I, my wife was not happy the next morning. I was a bad person. So I took her for lunch. I took her to the cinema. We had a nice day out yesterday. I felt terrible. I, I had one of those bus journeys where every time the bus stops, you feel the lurch. You're going to go, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Oh, uh, I, I, I kind of did the walk of shade, but, I, you know, I think I made it up to her. We went out round to a friend's last night. Everything is fine. And listen, kids, we, you know, all of our stories generally revolve around a bit of alcohol. <laughs> it's if not you big. Listen, if you, it's not clever. It's not. And if you listen to Will now, that's the one reason why you should never drink. You like that? Yeah, you do, Ollie Hunter. You like that. Kirk Cousins, if you've not seen that video, again, on the Gridiron Twitter, him reacting, not angrily, kind of impassionately, towards the media after their big come-from-behind win. Uh, that shows you how little I was paying attention to the games. I assumed the Bucks had won and sent a message around to everyone going, wow, the worst state in football, Florida, who none of one's been to the playoffs in the last eight years, have to, well, seven years, technically, I guess, uh, 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 all three of them won the game this weekend. And then I just got a message back from Clancy just going, the Bucks didn't win. Yeah, incredible comeback. Yeah, an amazing comeback. Um, that, so the other thing I wanted to, to bring great you... Games, great games, great games this week. Yeah, really great games, and we're going to get into all of those. But I felt we should bring you just one final thing, which was from our uh, escapades on the, uh, on the Sunday night. Uh, I decided it would be a brilliant idea to record a podcast there and then in the Hippodrome. And you were wrong. Yeah, I was terribly wrong. wrong. We recorded about five minutes of audio, and I suggest it's absolute gold, but uh, Ollie doesn't think so. Uh, I was against this. I'm still against this, and I'd like to make it clear that I do not approve of this, Will Gavin. Sometimes you need to be reined in. I you think, are unreininable. I think we give the listeners a little taste of what they would have got. They get to hear, we hear from some fans. Maybe they've had too much to drink. Maybe I've had too much to drink. But we hear from the fans, no, maybe and <laughs> let's let's just hear a little snippet of of what it sounded like, and then maybe people can tweet us if they want to hear the whole five minutes at some point on the end of another podcast. How about that? Here was the intro to the Hippopod in the Hippodrome with Paolo Bandini. Hi, Will. How are you? Very well. James Kemp's here as well. How are you feeling after a Jets loss? Uh, very gutted, but it was a good way to go. Rich Wyatt, 10-7 to the Falcons. You're feeling on that? A thriller. Really, really delighted. And the Chargers are currently losing 10-0 to the Raiders. Always fun watching our shambles of an O-line against Khalil Mack and Auden Smith. Bobby's such a cheery bastard, so... And it pretty much continued in that vein. Rich was so smooth then. He's but, so smooth. But James Kemp... What did he, but it was a great game. <laughs> great. Okay. So that's really the level. But sorry, this has got boring. I, I apologise that we're still talking about this now. Shall we get on and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Buffalo Bills and that phenomenal game that we saw on Sunday afternoon at Wembley? We had a brilliant build-up to it. We went for the drinks beforehand. We went and net up in the, uh, in the press box. The Ohio State marching band were incredible. Everything that we wanted them to be and more. It's just a shame. I just wish I was up in the top tier, able to watch them live instead of having to kind of rely on the screen to yeah. see the shapes they were doing. But really fantastic stuff. And the game itself, Blake Bortles throwing a touchdown pass to Alan Hearns with two minutes remaining and the Jags rallied for a 34-31 win over the Bills. Bortles' second touchdown pass of the game came just after Corey Graham had intercepted a pass and returned it 44 yards to put the Bills ahead. It was the first win in London, as we've already said, after losing each of the past two seasons. Uh, the Bills were playing in the British capital for the first time ever. The British capital... Why have I read it? Why have I said it like that? I've never referred to London as that before in my life. What are you doing? <laughs> I have no the idea. British capital. So, uh, just a few takeaways from I mean, the game. I mean, it is, but you're... The first, so, the first quarter, Bills drive, they get the field goal. EJ Manuel, then from that point onwards, looks genuinely terrible for two and a half quarters. Uh, Blake Bortles comes out, he horribly overthrew... Uh, Alan Hearns on one throw after he'd done really well to escape pressure from Mario Williams. But do you know what was massively impressive? He kept making big completions over the head of Stephen Gilmore to those guys out on the left-hand side as he sees it. And he made Stephen Gilmore, who is one of the best corners in the league, look like an absolute mug. And I thought that was really impressive. But they had two big holding calls bringing back their first downs. And we were looking at the end of the first quarter going, there's some encouragement mm. here, but it's just a little bit frustrating. Well, but the uh, they ended the first quarter, I think, in the 
in the Bills' red zone. They did indeed. So we're thinking, you know, if they get a score here, uh, we could have a game on. Who knows might, what might happen? It could, it could be kind of exciting. And instead, in six minutes, they scored four touchdowns. Incredible. It was absolutely ridiculous. Alan Robinson catching one, TJ Yeldon running another in, and two defensive touchdowns where, the first of all, Aaron Colvin, who had a phenomenal game this weekend, obviously friend of the pod, we've had him on before, it came on the corner blitz, forced DJ Manuel to fumble, Chris Clemens picked it up, who at that point already had two tackles for loss, and uh, the tipped pass as well. Mm. Scooped it up, carried it in for the touchdown. Next drive, EJ Manuel stares down his receiver, and we were in the uh, we were in the press box directly in line with where that throw was going. And before the ball had even left EJ Manuel's hands, I, at the top of my voice, looking like a bit of an idiot, just went pick because it was Telvin Smith. It was so telegraphed. It came straight through Telvin Smith. Jumped the route, picked the ball, took it down. Took it. I just what a phenomenal. 27-3 up. We are so jacked up. We're so excited for the We're Jags. Jacked up. We're jacked up. That doesn't quite work, but I appreciate what you tried to do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, we thought that has to be it. Scoreless third quarter. Still looking very impressive. Yeah. And then EJ Manuel suddenly decides, oh, actually, I can play quarterback in this league. Not very well, but I can at least make a couple of passes. They pull it back. They go. They take the lead at the thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, the the Jags, who were five for seven on third down in the first half, were suddenly about sixteen, five for sixteen on third down. They kept going three and out. They kept struggling, and then Blake Bortles just put together a beautiful drive. There was a terrible PI call, admittedly, on that drive that looked very soft that kept it alive. But those things tend to go both ways. We saw calls go either way, and we always do in these games. I didn't think it was big enough to say it hinged the whole game on it. There'll be Bills fans who disagree with me, but I'm really very much in Jags mode right now. And then Bortles rolls out to the left. He's got a clear lane in front of him. The first down is on. There's two minutes 16 left. And I think, much like the pick earlier on, I got a little bit ballsy. And I screamed, run! Run it! (laughs) Run it! I screamed, pass it! He's open! And he just, perfect, into the corner. Hearns comes across, lands in bounds. What a touchdown. What a win. Come on, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And at this point, let's, should we hear from the Jags players afterwards? The locker room afterwards was like, I've been in those situations where a team has lost a big lead but come from behind and still won. And often you find that it's kind of relief. But it genuinely was a party atmosphere in the oh, Jags locker great. room. They're dancing for the cameras. They're high-fiving. They're slapping each other on the behind. They're having a whale of a time. I heard an O-lineman say, I've never seen this many media in the, in the, train, in the locker room before. That sounds about right. Yeah. The, and, and honestly, the fans seem to buy into it. The media seem to buy into it. So let's hear from a few of the guys who are involved in that win. Let's start off on the defensive side of the ball. And let's start off with Chris Clemens, who has scooped up that touchdown. And... Uh, had this to tell us. Uh, it, it, gives, it gives us uh, hope, you know, as far as coming over here and, and being able to be that team to represent over here and, uh, you know, home and over here and just giving them a great show. Um, that's what we, uh, they, they expected out of us and we came out here and put on the field. On the, on the field there. Thank you, it's hard. Chris, well done. Great, great win for the team. Hey, absolutely. We needed it. You know, we needed it really, really bad and, you know, just a great, great, uh, great effort on both sides of the ball and, and the special teams at all. What are your recollections of that sort of crazy five minutes in the first half when you took that massive lead? Uh, I mean, it, it, it was just us being us. Uh, that's what we, that's what we supposed to do: go out and make plays. And uh, you know, we got a lot of great guys that come out here each and every day and work hard. And it's, it's finally started paying off for us, and we was able to uh, uh, go ahead and capitalize on them. How was the London crowd for you? It was great. I mean, really, we couldn't hear a whole lot when we was out on defense and. Uh, you know, so I'm pretty sure Buffalo weren't able to hear much as well. Just talk us through, you took the fumble in for the touchdown. By that point, you've already got two tackles for loss. You've tipped the pass. At that point, you must have thought you already had the game won. <laughs> hey, we make it hard on ourselves sometimes, you know. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that we go through each week. Knowing it's going, you know, not thinking that it's going to come out and be so easy. So, um, we just got to learn to finish games. And that's our whole uh, main point going into this bowl. What do you remember of that play, the fumble recovery? I mean, I, I remember, um, I mean, we, we had a blitz on. Um, we knew that blitz would, would work. Um, came One of the guys came free, knocked the ball out. And we all, my thing was just get, uh, get on the ball and just try to get in the end zone as fast as possible. And how frustrating was it you find yourself losing right at the death of the game and you've got to get your offense ball out there and make a win? 
Well, I mean, um, I mean, it's the National Football League. You know, anything is possible. Um, you know, you can't get too high and you can't get down. You gotta, you gotta stay even keel at all, at all points. So that was one of the things that we work on during the week is learning not to get to that point of giving in and giving up. So um, it was just a great effort all around by the by the team and. You know, coaches believing in us and staying strong with us. There's been a lot of talk about this defense having to step up, particularly the pass rushes. Today, the day that you've got over that line. I mean, we, we're still working, and um, that's one of the things that we uh, go back and watch the film, um, learn from what we uh, made mistakes on, and just get better. Um, I mean, it's gonna come, and that's one of the things that we, we're looking forward to. We finally getting our guys back, and we finally been able to be on the field together. Chris Clemens there talking to you and some other people. Make the win. <laughs> yeah, I kind What's of make the win. I, I might have whiffed on that question a little bit. <laughs> the, work, the question before was great. Yeah, and do you know what? I loved his response to that question as well because he essentially admitted that wow, we make it hard on ourselves sometimes. And when you see the way that they were up against the Texans the week before, should have won that game. They probably should have beaten the Bucks the week before as well, based on their offensive performance. And they kept not doing it, and they kept not getting over the line. And this could be the difference because for this Jags team, I, I they are. I mean, <laughs> let's not get too excited they're only one game behind the Colts in the AFC South after the Colts uh, result this weekend but I'm not going to suggest they're a playoff team yet not quite there everyone was talking about the possibility that Bradley could go this weekend and they have got a tough game at the Jets after the bye week followed by the Ravens the Titans Chargers Titans as a four game stretch now you pick up two wins from those five games you're already at your, your record for last season and then you've still got to play the Texans. You've still still got to play the Saints. I mean, okay, a five six week, week win season doesn't sound like something you should be too g'd up about. But I really like where this Jags team's going, and I really like what they're doing for London. And I'm loving life right now, being a secret Jags fan. I'm just going to play that anytime I'm struggling to speak, which seems to be a lot of it. Uh, let's now talk to Telvin Smith. You spoke to Telvin Smith, actually. Yeah. He had a big day himself. Of course, the splashy play was returning the touchdown from the interception, but he had a great day all in all, and they kept making tackles for loss. They kept stopping the run game. Shady McCoy really did struggle, and that was a, down a lot to this linebacking core and to that front four. And, yeah, really, really impressed with them today. So let's hear what Telvin Smith had to say about the defensive performance. Oh man, it, it, it's an awesome feeling. Our first win in London, uh, tough, hard fought win, and we came out on top. So, uh, man, congratulations to the whole team, the whole Jaguar organization. Yeah, and how, how much is it great to come over here? You know, it's uh, three years now for, for the Jags in London, you come away with your win. Oh man, it, it's big. You know, the first two, I was here on, um, last year against the Cowboys and we lost, and then uh, I wasn't here the year before against the 49ers, but man, we came in this time, stuck with it, and got the win. So, you know, cheers. And, uh, and how much is the, uh, this water? For this not to be our home team, when we made big plays, the, the place went crazy. Uh, when, when we came back and made that touchdown at the end of the game, the game it went crazy. When AC knocked the pass down at the end, the fans went crazy. So just that support right there, man, it, it just gives you that home field advantage feeling. And your own personal performance today, uh, interception touchdowns. Yeah. Well, I mean, how did that feel? It was great. My first one, my, my first career uh, pick six. So. Uh, Got to keep them coming. Got to keep them coming. Fantastic. And just finally, just to, to sum up the, the trip in general, uh, how have you found it? It, it was nice. Uh, we came here a little later than we did last year, but uh, it, it was great, man. Uh, I love coming over here, getting getting that experience, that cultural experience, and then just the people. It's, it's a great time. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, how how do you feel the rest of your defensive uh, guys played? And uh, was it surprising? Um, was this uh, performance always in there? It, it definitely wasn't surprising. Uh, we, we go out and, and we give everything we have. Sometimes we just get bad end of the stick. But, man, the, the D-line was rushing all day. Uh, got a D-line and he got a scoop and t- a, a, a touchdown, picked up one and took it in. Um, a couple people got got in there and, and got past deflections. Sip caused the fumble. Josh picked it up. You know, I got a pick. Sis Puzz got a pick. It was just all over the field, man. And, and everybody flying around. That's the defense that we are. And um, who are the big the big leaders on this defense? Who was when when you guys um, gave away a, a few points? Who were the people that the, that picked you guys up and said, "Look, we can do this." I said the whole team was really just just sticking by each other, saying, "Let's go, keep it going." State um, the D line came down. We went down to them. The DBs was all all around. We just all rallied together. 
And that, that's what great teams do. In, in times of adversity, they rally together. Alan Hearns scored that incredible touchdown, great catch. Um, Alan Robinson had a really good, really big day. Who's the better Alan? Who's the better Alan? Man, just that combination of Alan's, man. You know, just Alan. The, you know what I mean? You, you, Double Alan. You know what I mean? It, it's just, just, just those guys, man, they're amazing. Uh, and they're going to continue to get better. Brilliant. It must be, must be kind of uh, great for you guys to practice each day against quality receivers like that. Julius Thomas has come yeah. back. Yeah. TJ Yeldon had a big, big day on offense as yeah. well. So uh, the offense played their part too, right? Definitely, man. For those guys to step up and, you know, we, we put up two touchdowns and for them to hold it and when, when we let them score, because it's on the defense to stop them from scoring. When we, when we went down and let them score, they stepped up and, uh, and got us back on the board and got us back up. So shout out to the offense, man. Their persistence and, and, and those players on the field, bar none. And best thing is, bye week next week. Yeah. Time off. Time off, man. It's always good, but, you know, got to get ready for the next week. Even in our bye week, we still preparing. Got to stay with it in the season. Cool. Thanks very much. No problem. No Cheers. Telvin Smith there, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I've got a confession. Go on. I went up to him. Yeah. Thinking, oh, I'll uh, I'll interview Jonathan Cyprian, <laughs> and then when the guy the, the guy at the, at the the top of that said, Telvin, uh, great work. I, I was like, oh bollocks! Oh, I might as well just stay see what this fellow's like. I loved him. Such yeah. a happy, chappy <laughs> guy. And the reason I wanted to talk to Jonathan Cyprian was because, of course, and, and Telvin mentioned it there. What a hit that was on on Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, ridiculous. So, on. I think that pretty much is see I know there was the, the interception touchdown after that but that seemed like the turning point or a turning point there, there were a few of those in the game, weren't there? I mean, the Jags had the moment where they were down onto the only time they did manage to put a drive together in the second half prior to the game winning drive was where they got down to the one yard line. That did involve another fantastic catch, another fantastic uh, throw from Bortles out to the right hand side, which brought the ball down to the one and then they bring Toby Gerhardt into the game running four times for no gain and it really looked like that was the moment that it turned on the head for the Jags and and even though when Shady uh, tried to run that in and there was the fumble, it was recovered, and that ended up turning into the inception touchdown, it just felt like that little momentum shift, even though it shifted back again, yeah. was enough to keep the game going. And that's where that fourth quarter was, was so good. He led the team in tackles on the day. Telvin Smith was fantastic. You asked him about the two Allens. Shall we hear from both of the Allens? Let's Allen it up. Double what, Allen. What I love about the double Allen is Just that, Allen. Well, we, well <laughs> that's what he said. You'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear from Alan Robinson first, and I loved in the build-up to this game, if you read Alan Hearns' piece on the Daily Mail website about how much time they spent together in the summer, just a little training camp, the three of them went off and just caught balls, and I'm sure other receivers were there as well, but by the sounds of it, they've just become this very tight-knit unit, and they all were rookies at the same time, and they've all come into the game together, and this offense is just going to get better and better. At least we hope so. I know we're probably being overly positive on the Jags, but come on, Bills fans, you've got to admit it was a good win. So here is Alan Robinson talking about that relationship. Alan, just tell us about your relationship with Blake, because this year, yourself and Hearns, it seems to just all be coming together beautifully. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I mean, for us, you know, we're able to get a lot of work in throughout the course of the offseason. You know, I think that's where it starts, you know, for us, you know, so um, with, with, with uh, all three of us, you know, and our other receivers being here a lot throughout the course of the uh, offseason, in the spring, um, in the summer, and things like that, you know, we were able to get a lot of reps in, you know, so, I mean, um, same thing, you know, without, without last year, you know, I mean, um, I think that spoke a lot for us last year, you know, with, us, with all of us being rookies, you know, we, we still played a lot of ball together. And, I mean, you go into this game, you take that big lead in the first half, and, but obviously you led late in the game last week. So what was the mentality of the team when it starts to slip in that second half? Uh, you know, for us, you know, um, offensively, you know, we, we knew that we were going to come down to us. You know, I mean, our defense had played a hell of a game throughout the course of the game, you know, getting a lot of stops early on, you know, and um, and um, even and, uh, and, uh, even scoring points for us, you know. So we knew at some point in time it was going to come down to us, you know. I mean, uh, Buffalo has a hell of a team. You know, and I think um, just like any other game in the NFL, you know, it's a game of runs, you know. I mean, um, it's a fight, you know. Teams are going to go in there and run, you know. We just went on our early. We just went on ours early, you know. So, I mean, um, we were stood theirs, and then uh, we knew that um, we had a, we had another opportunity, you know, to take the lead, and we were able to capitalize on that. And, I mean, in the first half, there was a point where you were five for seven on third down. To go into that final drive, you've not converted one in, I think it was 13, after that point. What's the coach saying to you as you're going out there? Blake saying to you as you're going out there, and you know you've got that drive, and you've got to go out there and do it. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, we knew that. We 
we knew it was going to come down to us, you know, like I said before, you know. But, um, I mean, we knew. I don't think for us, you know, we ever get down on ourselves, you know. I mean, that's in the past, you know. We just got to take it one play to one play, you know. So, I mean, we knew that we had to focus down on our third downs and things like that and try to convert, you know, because we knew, we knew down the stretch it was going to come down to us, you know. We had we, we had um, our last drive, you know, coming down, so we had to put some points up. And on that final drive, fantastic catch out on the sideline when you were pretty pretty blanketed by the, uh, the rookie corner out there. Just talk us through that play and then also your touchdown and just what it was like to make those big plays today. You know, it's awesome. You know, like I said, you know, um, with Wembley being a historic stadium, you know, um, and just coming out here, you know, each and every year, seeing the crowd, how electric it is, you know, that's, I mean, it's, it's really an awesome opportunity for us, you know, so, I mean, but, you know, uh, for me, you know, um, I know the plays that I can make, you know, I, I mean, I can make those plays, you know, I've made those plays before, you know, so, I mean, just uh, just, just throughout the course of the play, you know, just just focusing on running my route, you know, concentrating on, on the catch, you know, I think that's the main thing, you know, once the ball gets in the air, at that point in time, the catch is the most important thing. And for Jacksonville, first win in London, how big is that for you guys? You know, that's big, you know, I mean, every win for us is, is, is a is a big, you know. I mean, with this being the NFL, you know, um, each each and every week is a grind. You know, you 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 run up against, you know, a great team every week. You know, so I mean, I mean, coming out victorious, you know, is awesome feeling. I mean, as a rookie last year, you've got to have to buy into Gus Bradley and the guys here. It's been a tough start to the year, particularly after the loss last weekend. What's the ceiling for this Jacksonville team this year and going forwards? I mean, I think we can be as good as we want to be. You know, I mean, um, we've we've been in a lot of close games this year. You know, I mean, just for example, look like look at today. You know, I mean, games like this is just a just just a few games we've been on the um, opposite end of the stick. You know, but we knew that we had to focus up. You know, um. Um, concentrate and make the plays when we uh, when we had to make them, you know, so we could come out on that on that other end. And how are you going to celebrate in your bye week? Uh, you know, you know, for me, just try to get healed up. You know, just try to get off my feet, um, uh, relax as much as possible. You know, get a jump on some film on the Jets. You know, and just try to heal up. Beautiful. Really enjoy it. Thanks a lot. Now, I have to apologize to listeners here because, first of all, great interview, great talker, great to hear what he had to say. At the end there, you may have heard Ollie just jumping in on the end of my interview to say, just wanted to say I was at the Penn State game five over four overtimes. I did correct him, just yeah, so you know. He did, he really did. I, I had already taken the phone away and started to press stop. If I'd known that Ollie was going to jump in there, of course I would have recorded that slightly awkward conversation. But let's just reenact it. What did you say to him? Well, firstly, we're all fans. We're yeah. fans. And uh, that that game at Penn State, we've spoken about it on the show loads. Uh, there, there'll be people, it was amazing. There will be people who have joined us. I'm sorry for the people who are hearing this game but there'll be people who have only joined us since listening to gridiron the numbers thankfully thank you so much have gone up in that time so just just to let you know uh we went on a road trip two years ago with the other guys from the podcast uh we went to a penn state michigan game it went to four periods of overtime and alan robinson in particular they were down seven points Hackenberg completed to Robinson for about 60-odd yards, right down to the one-yard line. That was the play that then allowed them to punch the ball in and move level to take it to overtime. It was a ridiculous heads-up play. He had an amazing day that day. He went over 150 yards for about six or seven catches. And so you just wanted to show some appreciation. Yeah, so I went up and said, thank you very much. It was an amazing game. Great stay, great stuff. And I gave him a little tap on the on the, the, the leg. I'm glad it was the leg. Yeah, it was the leg. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I was I was a fan. Yeah, it was great. And and do you know, what's interesting as well is that well, we interviewed him last year when he came over in his rookie season. We interviewed him pre-game, and we got about five or six minutes with him then. And the difference between this confident guy now that you get, who has a bit of swagger about him, knows he's making some insane plays. Alan Robinson. I mentioned the catch over Ronald Darby. I mean, actually, if Darby had turned around, got his head turned around earlier, that could have been a pick. It was right past his head, but to hold on to the ball, Alan Robinson there. And there were two or three other plays he made. During in the game, including the touchdown catch, which were really great heads-up plays from his perspective. He had a big, big game overall, and just the love. <laughs> what I loved about it in particular was his drop of the, you know, Wembley Historic Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Well done, good well, work. Alan. Ninety-eight yards on the day, six receptions. Uh, he, he, had, he had a stormer. And I, we're talking a lot about this game. I feel we should let's get on and talk. Get Alan Hearns in, and then maybe move. Well, on. I just want to say very quickly. You know how before I was like to people, "What's the next jersey you'll get?" If I, had, get an Alan if I had to get a jersey of another team that's not the Green Bay Packers, number 15, Alan Robinson. Can you not bang the desk like that? It makes people really angry. I get told off for hitting the mic. I got told off twice in the Hippodrome for hitting the mic too much. So, screw
through you. Uh, <laughs> here is Alan Hearns, and Alan Hearns is speaking to our good friend from the BBC, Mike White, who you uh, heard do a, a few interviews for us last time. Top, top guy, uh, really knows his stuff, well worth a follow, at Mike White Sport on Twitter, so do go and follow him and give him a little bit of a podcast bump. Uh, here's his chat with Alan Hearns in the locker room. Alan, thanks for joining us. After everything this team's gone through, how big a victory is that for you? Uh, it's really big. You know, uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been coming up short here and there. And just to get this win, it's, it's going to mean a lot for us. And we just got to continue to build off this. You know, um, you know, the win wasn't what we expected, you know, first, especially how we did in the first half and things like that. So um, we show a lot of resiliency uh, as far as just keeping the course and finishing the game. All week we've been talking about just finishing the game, you know, for all four quarters. Just give it all you got because, uh, like I said before, we've been coming up short. So that's just been the theme of the week, just to finish and give it all you got. Could you believe the start you made? Uh, most definitely. You know, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a great play, uh, but I feel like it was a great job all around. You know, offensive line, they gave Blake uh, a lot of time to, to throw the ball. And, uh, at first, I thought the ball was too far, but you know, things happen in the moment. You just had to get yourself down in that corner, didn't you? Did you, did you think you'd made it? Uh, most definitely. Once I made a catch, I knew I got my shoulder down. As far as the start for the team in that game to, to go the way you did, how much belief did that give everyone going in at half-time? Uh, it gave us a lot of belief. You know, uh, the momentum was with us. You know, offense, defense, they was, we were playing incredible. And, uh, and we just got to continue that. You know, we came in second half with, like, don't let up. We just finished the game. Uh, so that, that, that gave us a lot of momentum. What changed in that second half? What, what was happening? Uh, right now, I, re- I really can't call it. You know, um, I know a couple of drives. Like, the first drive after halftime, we went all the way down the field, but we didn't score. You know, we, we was on the one. We had four players to get it in, but we didn't get it in. And we had a couple of three and outs. You know, we got to help the defense out with that. You know, they've been on the field for a long time, and we can't go three and out. So, um, you know, we just got to watch film and see what happened in the second half. They stepped up huge for you, didn't they, in that first half of the defense? Oh, most definitely. You know, those, those two turnovers, uh, especially for touchdown, they, they stepped up huge. You know, uh, and we really appreciate that as an offense because, uh, they create a turnover. It just bring momentum for all, the whole team, you know, for us coming out on offense, then on defense, you know, um, it, it creates a lot of momentum as far as us on offense. We can still be aggressive with the ball because we know that our defense out there playing well. First win at Wembley in three attempts. What does that mean to everyone having come across here and made these trips? Uh, it means a lot because uh, the energy here is crazy and our fan base is it, just growing more and more. So th- this is when it really means a lot. You know, our owner, he invests a lot and I was coming to London but uh, it's, it's going to mean a lot hopefully we, just, hopefully we just build off this Well I was going to say as far as what this does for your season now you go into the bye week what, what can this do for the team? Uh, I can do a lot um, we, like I said we just have to build off this you know, uh, we're going into the bye week hopefully we get uh, some guys back and guys that's kind of nicked up you know they get a chance to heal their body but coming back, you know, we got the Jets, so we just got to continue to improve. Final one, a commitment for the next five years, at least here at Wembley, the Jaguars included in that. How, how significant is that for the team, for the franchise, and for the sport over here as well? Uh, it means a lot. Like I said, our fan base is growing more and more every year. You know, I came last year. It was a great experience. This year, the same, you know. Uh, like I said, uh, the fan base, it, it's incredible, especially playing at Wembley. It's an awesome atmosphere, and, you know, our owner loves it, so I'm with it. Great stuff. Thanks for your time. Thank you. What you heard there was a professional doing a professional job. I was just thinking that. You could tell he works for the BBC and we work for commercial radio. <laughs> oh, that was super. Well done, Whitey. Well uh, done. Right, final word on the Jags before we move on, because I know there was a lot of kind of uh, shade being cast in the direction of Gus Bradley and... and uh, what what they were doing there, but realistically, TJ Yeldon's 22 years old. You've got Blake Bortles, 23. You've got Alan Robinson, 22. You've got uh, Marquise Lee, who's there as well, and will, I believe, continue to develop 23. Alan Hearns, 23. This is a very young roster. On the defence, Aaron Colvin, just 24. Dwayne Gratz, 25. Devon House, 26. They can keep these guys together and just augment them with a bit more pass rush, maybe a little bit more of an improvement on the line, and just let them keep growing as a team. In a year's time, 18 months' time, this could be a great, great football team. And I am really excited... So get behind the Jags, London. Come on. Let's be excited about them being here till 2020 and root for the Jags because I love it. If you're watching on telly, you wouldn't, perhaps it wouldn't have come across that final two minutes where um, uh, the Buffalo had that time to win the game or try and get back into the game. 
and every single down was being booed by Jags fans, neutrals, <laughs> not the Buffalo Bills fans. <laughs> there were quite a few of them in Wembley, but every single down was being booed. It means a lot. Right, let's let's move on and let's talk about some other games because there's plenty of other action in week seven. And let's chat with Matt Sherry about a few of the bigger games that happened over this weekend. Right, so massive change of plans. Uh, <laughs> these things happen in life. Unfortunately, Matt Sherry is now not going to be able to join us. There's a moment later in the podcast where I refer back to our chat with Sherry, uh, in our conversation with Ollie, pulling back the curtain. That's basically because we messed up and we did things in a different order. Everything's gone a bit wrong. It's fine, I promise you. Here's my little thoughts on the games we're going to talk with Sherry about, starting off with the New England Patriots 30, New York Jets 23. Tom Brady overcame New England's shaky first three quarters by throwing a pair of touchdowns in the fourth to uh, seal the win. He completed 13 of 16 passes for 135 yards in that final quarter alone to overcome a 20-16 lead and give New England a two-game lead over the Jets in the AFC East. Uh, amazingly, in this game, they only ran the ball nine times. Dion Lewis went down early. He had to throw the ball 54 times. He went 34 of 54 for 355 yards overall. And that doesn't count the 11 drops total. I thought it was 10 originally. It's now apparently up to 11 drops. Six by Brandon LaFell, who's obviously just come off the pup list. Uh, this proved two things to me. First of all, the Patriots can win under almost any situation. I picked this game as being a tough, tough game for them. And the Jets ran them very close. It's so unfortunate for Brandon. Marshall, who recovered the onside kick for them to him to make such a silly mental mistake as to not line up properly when they could when they could spike the ball and still have a chance to go for the end zone when they were just a touchdown down. That was ridiculous. Um, Ivory looks still look good for them, but he appeared to pull a hamstring early on, and and he. He didn't run as well as he has done in previous weeks, so you've got that going for the Jets as well. And actually, I think the Patriots are beatable, as I've said the last few weeks, but they're not going to lose in a game like this. If the, if the team can't step up, they need to take advantage of their opportunities. If you don't take advantage of your opportunities against the Patriots, and particularly against Tom Brady, who at 38 appears to be playing the best football of his bleeding life, then you are really going to struggle. Uh, of the late games, Dallas Cowboys against the New York Giants. Dwayne Harris, the former Cowboy, sped 100 yards with a kickoff return against his former Dallas teammates to seal the win on Sunday night. Uh, it was He spent four seasons in Dallas without basically running a single kickoff in. New York moved to 4-3, and three, snapping a five-game slide against Dallas. Uh, and their big plays on defense as a special team. Dominic rogers Comarty had two interceptions, returning 158 yards for a touchdown. This wasn't about the Giants' offense. Eli had an off day. Their running backs is a real mix in that backfield. They don't seem to know who their best options are there. Rashad Jennings playing well below the level he should be. Shane Marine in there. I mean, Orleans Dacroix outplayed anyone else in their running back. I understand you're saying who? For the Cowboys, Darren McFadden came in and did a very good job in the workhorse role. I much preferred the look of their line and their zone block with Lael Collins playing up there. And Matt Castle probably offers them more at quarterback than Brandon Whedon did, but we just didn't see enough of it this weekend. And the fact is, when you're thrown to Cole Beasley and uh, Devon Street and whoever else it might be, you're going to potentially be struggling so it's a big win for the Giants in the division I still the, the Cowboys have got the two big names to still come back and that is going to define their season in a big big way if we're sticking with an NFC East team the only team we haven't talked about yet is the Philadelphia Eagles. They lost in Carolina 27-16. to Cam Newton threw for a touchdown and ran for another score, making it the fourth time this season he's accomplished that feat in a game, 28th time in his career, three behind Hall of Famer Steve Young for the league record. That is absolutely ridiculous. Jonathan Stewart in the last two weeks has looked like a different man altogether. He ran for 119 yards. The bowling ball, Mike Tolbert, scored two touchdowns for Carolina. Uh, he's He was because Ryan Matthews on the other side of the ball. Why aren't you handing him the ball more. He went 97 yards, including the big 63-yard touchdown run, but on just nine carries, whilst Marco Murray looked workmanlike, averaging about three and a half yards a carry, genuinely wasn't quite good enough. But the biggest thing from this game is Cam Newton threw three picks. Probably one of them's seriously on him, one of them's definitely not on him, and then there's one that you could argue that it's gone in and out of the hands of a receiver. He's thrown it too hard and too high, but if the receiver's gone up to try and make that play, you've got to think that they thought they could catch it. So it's kind of a 50-50 one. I'd probably put it slightly on Cam. But 
they if they're winning when he's not playing at his very best, that's a real important sign for this Panthers team, who we're all expecting to go on and do well and make the playoffs and, and have their biggest year, certainly with Cam Newton there. So really, really pleased for them. From an Eagles perspective, this was a very, very tough game to go and win, but they're playing in that terrible uh, NFC East, and that means that they've, got an op- they've still got an opportunity, no doubt at all. So that was my thoughts on those three games. Sorry you didn't get the detailed thoughts of somebody who watched them in full from from Matt but we'll definitely get them on later in the week it's going to be we've got a really uh, great week coming up with the Chiefs and Lions and stuff and let me hand back to ourselves back in the studio uh, for the rest of the podcast Big thanks to Matt Sherry. Obviously, we sneaked our little Thursday night preview in there as well, so we're not going to end the podcast on that one. But let's just talk about three or four of the other games that happened this weekend because there was some other stuff in there that we didn't get to mention with him. And starting off with the Monday night game last night, Chris Johnson rushed for 122 yards, including 62 yards on a play, where he managed to somehow stay up, rolling on the belly of the defender. And the Cardinals barely held off a late rally from the Baltimore Ravens 26-18 on Monday night. Genuinely, the Cardinals did everything they could to throw this game away. Way in the late stages, they, uh, Carlson Palmer had an intention that ridiculous intentional grounding penalty. Uh, Cantanzaro Ch- uh, shanked an extra point. Andre Ellington failed to stay in bounds when they were trying to kill the clock. Uh, you know they have. The, the guys in the defensive backfield, Tony Jefferson, who intercepted Joe Flacco on the end, and Patrick Peterson, plus those two great safeties, to thank for what was eventually a good win for the Cardinals. The Ravens uh, must feel like the unluckiest team, even though they could easily be 0-7 at this point, thanks to the terrible play calling from the Steelers on Thursday night football. They've been tight and close in almost every other game, and I think they must just be thinking to themselves, what have we got to do to buy ourselves a win at this point? Yeah, I mean, there are a few playmakers away from being an all-right football team, but they're terrible. They're absolutely <laughs> <laughs> is um is Chris Johnson one of the best free agency signings been that this season I should think up until this point he is. He's been I, absolutely outstanding. Well, he has to go down. He has to be up there for comeback player of the year, no doubt about that. He's now only seconds to Devonta Freeman uh, in terms of rushing yards. He's got 567 on the season already. And, and the Cardinals overall, we, balance has been the key word on this podcast in recent weeks. And I the way that the Cardinals could play this game defensively. They knew what the Ravens uh, were going to do. They were going to try and run the ball with Justin Forsett. They knew they only had Steve Smith on the outside, and they had two very good corners who could cover him. So those safeties could get in, they could stack the box, stop them from running the ball, and up until the last two or three drives where suddenly Flacco started to kick into gear, the Cardinals should have had this game won easily, and they were by far the more impressive team, but the Baltimore hang on and stay in a game late yet again. Uh, what were the other games that you kind of picked out from the weekend uh, that you wanted to talk about Miami let's do my right this is ridiculous so when we left the stadium after we'd finished off in the locker rooms we had we made our way to the hippodrome where we met up with everyone we probably got in there just after half time in and around that sort of time of the uh, of the early games in the evening we were streaming Game Pass on our phones and getting box score updates and we had Simon Clancy tweeting us and I genuinely thought he was taking the mick when he was sending us another Miami touchdown another Miami touchdown another Miami touchdown at one point they were 35-0 and up with Ryan Tannehill being 4 for 4 and the, sorry, four touchdowns, nine for nine, 202 yards. It was a ridiculous performance from Miami, but a terrible, terrible performance from the Texans. They became, they scored four <laughs> offensive touchdowns of at least 50 yards in the first half. They moved out to a 41 and 0 lead at halftime. And yes, a lot of this had to do with, they have started to look a lot better. Lamar Miller had a ridiculous, a huge game for them. I think he did about 230 odd yards and two touchdowns, but you look at those passing stats, they're amazing. But actually, as Sherry pointed out, uh, I think it was nine of his, uh, 10 of his 19 passes that he completed were behind the line of scrimmage. And Jarvis Landry had a ridiculous long run touchdown, uh, as did Lamar Miller. And the tackling from the Texans was just, it's like they didn't even bother. It's like they turned up going, look, this team looked really good with Dan Campbell now. Let's just not try. Uh, and I, I mean, I joked about it. There was uh, something that uh, Clancy also put out on Twitter yesterday about how uh, Lamar Miller has six yards more after contact than Todd Gurley on four less carries. And I said, yeah, but I could have got 100 yards after. I'm basically Gridiron's Mike Tolbert, and I could have got 
uh, six extra yards after carry. I could have got 100 yards after contact against this Texans team because they just weren't wrapping up. They weren't tackling. Really poor effort from the Texans. And even though they came back into it in the second half, I just Texans are a bad, bad football team. Bad, bad football team. And they're going to get even worse because Arian Foster's out for the season. Uh, ACL injury, or no, a, a t- torn Achilles injury. I'm gutted because I really, really like. Aaron we've, we've lost my probably my two favourite runners to watch yeah. in the league, other than Todd Gurley, yeah. who is entering that stakes now. But between Jamal Charles and Arian Foster in recent weeks, we've lost probably my two favourite running backs to watch, and that's genuinely very, very disappointing. Uh, a quick mention of the uh, Saints Colts game uh, because that was the other one that we were watching as we were <laughs> watching the score of. So we were going along and we were saying, "Sorry, Luke McCown's completed a pass. Does that mean it's a fake field goal? It is a fake field." goal like Sean Payton who obviously against the Colts as we all will remember in the Saints Super Bowl win went for an onside kick to start the second half trick plays them again the game is tied at zero they've got a field goal attempt from relatively chip shot range and they go for the fake Kyrie Robinson punches in the touchdown. The Saints go 21 nothing up very quickly through two more offensive touchdowns Andrew Luck all over the shop early in this game. His stat line ended up looking quite good by the end because he had that rally mm. the second half. Uh, Delvin Bro, who we obviously loved having on the show last week, got torched by T.Y. Hilton for two touchdowns. Yeah, you know, he's not going to have a great game every week. He's still learning in this league, as we talked to him about. Red iron curse yeah, strikes it, again. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Um, I was a little bit careful. Stop it. Um, <laughs> my, but, <laughs> mine was quite sinister. It, yeah. was, it was sinister followed by oh, really oh, camp. Oh, 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 oh. Red iron curse. Strikes again, but stop it, you. But uh, <laughs> but Andrew Luck, genuinely, uh, for all the love I was giving him in the preseason, has regressed in a massive way. And a lot of this has to fall on Grigson. A lot of this has to fall on Pagano for the quality of the coaching and the quality of what they've built around him. But I don't like. What are you doing, spending a first round pick on a receiver when your O line is so terrible? What like he's just been offered no chance to succeed there. And I think there's going to be a full overhaul in in uh, uh, Indianapolis, and it might happen before the end of the season and a receiver that they've barely used as well Dante Moncrief uh, T.Y. Hilton Andre Johnson all of these guys established receivers in the NFL why do you need another one when your quarterback who was affected by being hurt um, okay you won the two games that he was out but still come on man come on Pagano unbelievable Saints had two good Saints had two very good um two good wins over the last two weeks so we have to give them a little bit of love for that and uh, the rookie linebackers uh, Stefan Anthony and Halui Kikaha you love these Hawaiian names Halui Kikaha I got it right the first time and wrong the second time why did I try and do it again (laughs) Uh, I had a great day as well Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers this was uh, always the game that when I called that I thought the Steelers were going to win that I was definitely going to be wrong I should have invoked Arrowhead I should have gone with it I should have known that this Chiefs team who have been good, not great, but kept losing tight games versus the Steelers team who have been bad, but kept somehow winning tight games. Both of them were due a loss slash win, and it happened this weekend. I, what I didn't get from the Steelers was yet again, terrible play calling, right? You've brought Jarvis Landry in you've, you, for Michael Vick, who's obviously got injured. When Michael Vick was in, they didn't let him throw the ball. They knew that they di- he didn't have a good arm. They knew he had bad accuracy. Jarvis Landry's not a great quarterback at the moment. Oh, Landry he, Jones. He's still learning. Oh, did I say Jarvis Landry? Not no. Not the receiver from the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Whoa, what a trade that was. <laughs> Landry Jones. Uh, that just shows what... Uh, I'm not even going to edit that out. Do you know what? You'll enjoy that. Take the mick out of me on Twitter, at Will Gav. Um, bringing in Landry Jones, who the one thing he did manage to do last week was make some good passes. And when they let him pass, when they were down late on, he had the two big completions to Martavis Bryant, the one for the touchdown and the other one that brought them down to the one-yard line to allow them to punch it in. You know, those were two great passes. He's not, he doesn't look brilliant, but he looks average. And if you let him do that for a moment one against what is a good Chiefs defense, maybe you would have forced them to pin back. Maybe you would have allowed the running game to get going a bit more. But they didn't really manage to do any of that. So this was a little frustrating. The Chiefs are a boring team. Aren't they just? Oh, so dull to watch. Uh, so Kendrick West in uh, Jamal Charles's absence, ran for a few yards. Oh, he had a good game, actually, after I slagged him off last week, so the opposite of the gridiron curse, whatever that is. I was going to say, I don't think my um, my Pickhams registered on a gridiron hypha magazine. Again? No, they did. I was just terrible. I got four. 
<laughs> wow. Well, you must have picked this game the right way. The St. Louis Rams beat the Cleveland Browns by 24 to 6. And Todd Gurley has completely transformed the entire Rams team. They are, uh, they've now moved to 3 and 3. And honestly, I think this is a Rams team who could go to the playoffs this year in a wild card spot purely off Todd Gurley. He finished with 163 yards from scrimmage. Nick Foles finished with 163 passing yards. Wow. He is elusive. He's powerful. He finds the holes. He's got great burst. I, I cannot say enough about how much I love watching Todd Gurley run. Uh, basically, it's exactly what Jeff Fisher wants. He's got a great defence, a good defensive line, and a decent running game. If they actually improve the line a little bit, and if they finally get a quarterback, the Rams th- are threatening to be a great team. What's that all about? Where's your hysterical drop? Yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> We've hardly used any drops today, apart from obviously this one. You like that? You like that? And we'll get onto that in a minute. But, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Let's get hysterical. Um, I will take a bet right now. The Rams make the playoffs. Who against? No, the, 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 the Rams. The Rams are going to make a wild card. Okay. Oh well, you're not going to take that. No, I think they might do. Okay. Well, I'll take the Rams. Don't make the wild card then, just so we can make a bet. I think. I think they'll make the wild card. No. Oh, okay. There we go. So now I've lost. I've, I've lost out on my own beer bet. Put uh, it on the bar. <laughs> no, don't do that. The Atlanta Falcons against the Tennessee Titans was a terrible game of football. Don't tell anyone. Ten seven to the Falcons. I don't want to talk about this game any more than that. Moving on. Brilliant. Perfect. Uh, the Washington Football Club beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by thirty one to thirty. I alluded to this game early on, but. You've got to give Kirk Cousins some credit for bouncing back. Terrible start to the game. They were outgained 203 to 21 yards in the first quarter. He was sloppy, he was off target, and they got into a 24 and nothing hole. He found rhythm, and then he kept going. And do you know what? I hate Lovey Smith. He is a terrible football coach. <laughs> Whoa, that's that's over the top. You hate him. I, I just I don't hate him individually. He might be a nice man, but the, I just couldn't Could believe. You hate more Pagano the, the, or him? <laughs> no, Pagano's lovely because he was ill and stuff. Um, when when Washington <laughs> said earlier. drove down and they got to the four, they got I think they were on uh, second and goal from about the four, and they went. Jordan Reed's a pretty good tight end. Let's run a slant route against this pretty bad defense, and he'll definitely score a touchdown. It worked. Exactly the same situation at the other end. To win the game, maybe cover Jordan Reed, lovey. No, they didn't. Same route, same result. Touchdown, come from behind win. Ridiculous. And it resulted in Kirk Cousins giving it a little bit of this to the media. You like that? You like that? I did like it, Kirk Cousins. I did like it. You really did like it. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> I like it. But we should bang through the games like this every week. <laughs> uh, what, is, what is going on in San Diego? They haven't got a home stadium anymore. It's practically filled with away fans every single week. It was like the black hole that transported 100 miles south or whatever it is from the bay to San Diego. Something like that. More than that? Less than that? I'd say it's more than that. I know it's about 100 because it goes San Francisco, LA, San Diego, doesn't it? It's about 100 miles south of LA, which makes it... Yeah, about, about 500, 600 miles south. It's like from here to Norwich. Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. That is some terrible geography. I do apologise. But it's okay, because you're going to be moving much closer to San Francisco when you're in LA next season, which you should be the Chargers. You're a disgrace. They, they were awful. They, they were true. They were absolutely awful. But they tend to not play very well when they're in those beautiful baby blue hashtag kit watch uh, <laughs> uniforms. They, right, they suffered from a terrible offensive line. They suffered from not being able to get a run game established. Antonio Gates was a big miss for them. Um, and then on the Raiders' side, great pass rush from Khalil Mack and from Alden Smith. And Amari Cooper is a ludicrous human being. Oh, he's so good. That's That move he made, was it on Verrett? Someone like that. Brilliant stuff in the midfield. Love that. There were two. There were two catches in particular that summed up his day for me. There was the one where he just jump balled it uh, at about the ten for a long game when it looked like a Raiders dri- uh, drive was going to die. And then there was his move inside, and it was on the uh, it was on the young safety for the Chargers, whose name is now going to complete Jimmy Wilson. Yes, that, that's the one. Well remembered. Where. He's making the run down the field. He's managed to evade about three tackles already. Jimmy Wilson comes in from the sideline, goes to tackle him, and Amari Cooper just stops on a dime, 
like, and lets Jimmy Wilson run past him, takes one step to the side, and then literally walks into the end zone. It was beautiful. And if he was mic'd up, Amari Cooper would have gone, yoink. <laughs> so, loving watching the Raiders play. They also, like the Jaguars, look like they're putting together a half-decent team finally. Let's hope that can continue for the rest of the season. Uh, I think we've spoken about all the games now, including the stuff we did with Sherry. Have we missed anything out? I'm just having a quick scan Dallas, through. New York? No, we talked about that with Sherry. Let's, uh, right. let's, oh, there is one game we missed out. Minnesota-Detroit. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Detroit Lions 28-19. to Stefan Diggs. Brilliant. Again, he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school and he looked absolutely superb. He fell in the draft and he, f- and he failed in college to basically live up to that. But the Vikings look like they've got themselves an absolute steal. And you look at their draft casts from the last two years. Anthony Barr was incredible at the weekend. Teddy Bridgewater is their starting quarterback, even though I still think he's got some mechanical issues and they showed up again occasionally at the weekend. But he looks like he's going to be their starting quarterback for a long time. And then this year round, we've not seen a huge amount of Trey Waynes yet, but Eric Kendricks was brilliant in the middle yet again. And then, of course... The man we've talked about already, Stefan Diggs. They've, what they've managed to do in the last two weeks is have Adrian Peterson not have a very good game and win a game of football. I might be getting a little bit hysterical about the Vikings, though, because there is some people go, saying they're 4-2, and two, they're going to go to the playoffs. Hysterical! Hysterical! They have been able to play the Lions twice. That's basically two wins. <laughs> yeah, that, there we go. Uh, and they still have to play the Bears, of course, twice. Uh, so, But they've, they've been reasonably lucky with their schedule, not just in terms of the teams they've already played. They, uh, they lost to the 49ers, but they played the Chargers at the right moment. They played the Chiefs at the right moment. Both games which look tough going into the season have proven to be much easier games they would do. And coming up, they're going to the Bears, they're, then they're home to the Rams, uh, and then they're to the Raiders. And actually, you could see them winning two out of three of those and then the Packers at home we always struggle against the Vikings well yeah but you're gonna you'll win that game well yeah you say that we will but But that this is so my point was let's we're gonna everyone's getting excited about a potential playoff team let's say that through that stretch they go six and three they'd be in a really impressive position they then have to face the Packers the Falcons the Seahawks the Cardinals the Giants and the Packers again in the remaining eight games Plus the Bears, but no, yeah, they don't count. No, <laughs> that's no. the win. So uh, actually, they're probably going to end up going seven and nine or eight and eight, which is fine. They are an improving team, but let's just not get too hysterical about them at the moment. That's all I'm saying. Okay, yeah, calm your tits. Exactly, is what you're saying. Perfect. Uh, we've already spoken a little bit about Thursday night football, but of course. There are teams in town this week. We've got the Chiefs. We've got the Lions. They are Lions arrive. I think it's on uh, Wednesday morning. We'll be going to their training on Wednesday and Thursday. Chiefs come in on Friday. I'll be attending that one as well. We'll get plenty of great audio from that. Don't forget to keep checking us out at Gridiron on Twitter. Gridiron-magazine.com. You've still got... What's the date today? The 26th. You've still got... 27th. My watch is wrong. You've still got... How could a watch be wrong? Well, because uh, some months don't have 31 days, so you have to wind it forward a day. What's the point? Yeah, I don't know. Why do people wear watches? Oh, I love my watch. Oh, I hate getting my phone phones. out of my pocket. I hate getting my phone out of my pocket. you know pocket. I've got a really good sense of time? I just kind of know the time. I'm okay with time. I'm not, I don't just know it. I'm not some kind of mystic mug. But I... I <laughs> what do you call me? Uh, a, a mystic mug. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's worse than... The, I was going to say something much worse. <laughs> uh, you've still got four days left to subscribe to the magazine and be entered into the opportunity to win, with sports travel tours, uh, a chance to go to either the NFC or AFC Championship game. Flights, tickets, accommodation, the whole bundle. I'm very expressive with my hands today. So expressive. It's lucky you didn't hit the mic that time. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely didn't do it already and edit it out once. Uh, (laughs) So definitely do that. Sports Travel Tours will be tweeting out from at Gridiron details of the ultimate tailgate party this weekend. Genuinely, it's really worth it, uh, particularly if you want to drink plenty and eat plenty before the game. The food was great. Uh, Yeah, food was really good. The beers flow. It was really good fun. There was the band on. There were plenty of uh, fans over who bought tickets to come over. It was a really great event and definitely worth checking out. Ollie, before we depart from this muddle of a podcast, is there anything you'd like to add? I would just like you to get some sleep. <laughs> That's all I want. I'm going to go home and play with my Lego Millennium Falcon. Well, you are, you are sporting. You're like one of those people uh, that wears the stuff that they love. So yeah. stop, stop playing with your nipples. But What's your position on wearing a band T-shirt to watch that band live. 
I think faux pas. I don't care. I wouldn't do it, but I don't care. Is this the equivalent? If I wore this, um, which is a detailed picture of the Millennium Falcon spread across, it's almost life-size, this T-shirt <laughs> is so big. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, if I wore this to go and watch the Star Wars film, would that make me just a ridiculous nerd? Yeah, it would. Amazing. Okay, so that I, it, I don't like people that go to concerts wearing band t-shirts fine perfect we we've we've uh, we've established something uh, i'm glad of that uh did we uh, th there was one the final thing we didn't actually uh look at if anyone tweeted us because we we didn't tweet about today's show and then we finally tweeted about it uh, about 7 a.m this morning so apologies if you didn't see that and didn't get to ask us any questions let's just check if we had any in we did have a few in What's the entertainment for this week's international game? I don't know, Gary Taylor. The entertainment's going to be hanging out with, uh, with Ollie. Uh, I want at least five solid minutes uh, of <laughs> Ryan Mallet mockery, please. Damn it, we didn't talk about Ryan Mallet, who, in Will Gavin's style, managed to miss his alarm earlier in the season during Hard Knocks. Do you remember I missed my alarm and missed yeah, that yeah, entire yeah. podcast? We had to do it the next day. Yeah. I don't know if the listeners know about that, but that happened. Um, oh, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> but Ryan Mallet managed to miss the plane. He had to get his own commercial... Not his own commercial flight. He had to buy a commercial ticket to get to Miami because he missed the plane. That's amazing. You're a ludicrous human being, Ryan Mallet. He wouldn't well, have missed the plane if he was starting. Michael Ward says, will Lovey Smith see out the season as the coach of the Bucks? I think I've made my opinion on that pretty clear. Is it time to discuss a definitive ranking of the London games? Maybe after next week's all-time classic. Dara... Next week, we're going to do our ranking of the London games. We'll do our top five London games after the Chiefs-Lions. Let's get this one out of the way. And let's just tease ahead of this. Will did not think that, the yes, that uh, Sunday's game was the best. It wasn't even top three. You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace. Adam Nichols says, good morning. Do you think we'll get any news about the 2016 London teams this weekend? I very much hope so. We've heard a lot of rumours. We've heard a lot of conjecture. Washington being very heavily rumoured uh, amongst their local press as well as internationally. Obviously, we need to know who the Jags are going to play. A lot of talk about Cincinnati yeah, as well. Bengals, Bengals. Because they've got that in their stadium deal. So we'll have to wait and see. Do you think, given that there was hardly anyone um, watching the Chargers, we might see a Chargers game over here? It's a, it's a definite possibility. I think whoever moves to LA is probably going to have to, because they're going to have to wait for the new stadium to be built, they're going to end up in a temporary stadium. I imagine that they, if it's one team, whether it's two teams, whatever happens, they will end up playing home games over in London. Sorry we're rattling through these, but I just forgot we'd done it. Uh, Dave Cheeseman, which teams uh, will go, which team will go longest without losing? Packers, Pats, Panthers or the Bengals. Well, that seems a little bit harsh on the Denver Broncos, who are also currently <laughs> undefeated. But uh, <laughs> Wait, has he given the Packers the win already? Well, Packers are playing the Broncos this weekend, so the Broncos lose this weekend. Uh, the Pats go longest without losing. Yeah, unfortunately. But I'm, I want it to be the Bengals, but it will be the Pats. Don't tell Sherry. Blake Bortles is going to be some QB. Should be nicely matured by the time they move to London. Well said, James Kemp. And James Humphreys, did Houston throw Sunday's games as part of a plan to get a better draft position and snag a QB, or is it the curse of hard knocks i mean you're giving us a very limited set of options there james i would say it's neither it's just because they suck well said ollie just before we sign off i mentioned this weekend the ultimate tailgate party at the sse arena wembley arena to you and i uh, this weekend for sports travel tours it's going to be a fantastic event so joining us on the phone it's always a pleasure to chat with him from sports travel tours the mighty andrew hill first of all really thoroughly enjoyed the event at the weekend did you have a, a thoroughly enjoyable time at bill's jags on sunday Absolutely, yeah. Great game, um, really exciting atmosphere. They did a great job in selling the place out again, and uh, and our tailgate party before the game was just fantastic. We had a great time. Yeah, really good fun. And me and Ollie have already, uh, just so you know, bigged up the food, the the drinks, the band, the the company. It was all really, really enjoyable. But you're doing it again this coming weekend. It's the Lions Chiefs, and it's a slightly later kickoff, of course, because the clocks in America resync with ours. So there's a bit more time to enjoy yourself in the bar, getting some food beforehand. Um, and so, just tell people what is on offer this weekend, because having experienced it last weekend, it's definitely worth giving it a go. Absolutely, yeah. We've every, all included in the package is food, and it's a one. It's really great food. It's over at the SSC Arena, so it's right next to the stadium. Uh, food, drink uh, is all included as much as you want uh, to eat and drink. We've got live just make music sure just them. just make sure you can still get into the stadium. That's the main thing. Well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got live music with uh, a fantastic. Motown band uh, giving it a bit of a Detroit theme. Nice. And 
Um, we've got Sean Gale from Sky Sports and of the Chicago Bears from the 85 team going to be there signing autographs, meeting and greeting with people. Um, and we've got big screen TV showing the, the pre-game and everything like that. So it's it's a fantastic way of, of uh, warming up for the big game. And certainly me and Ollie will be there. So, you know, it's treats all round. Well, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We're, we can't wait to see you again. And, um, and, and and hopefully you'll be able to meet some of, some of the guys from the podcast as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. And we had a really good time with those guys on the Saturday night, as I think we talked about at too much length at the beginning of this podcast, to be honest. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, where can people find details? Where can people get in touch with you? Uh, where are tickets available? All that sort of stuff. Let's, let's get all that out there. Because genuinely, I think, you know, if, if people can get down there, it's really great fun. Perfect. Yeah, the, the the tickets are available. Give us a call uh, on 0121 288 or email me, Andrew, at com, And uh, we can get it all booked for you straight away via phone or via email. Uh, the price is £60 per, per adult, £40 for a child. Um, but... If anybody's listening to this podcast, we're going to be giving a 10% discount, so they just need to uh, to give the podcast name uh, to get to achieve that discount. Perfect. Look, Andrew, uh, we will chat at plenty of length this weekend, but I knew that you'd be able to communicate that all a lot better than I would. So <laughs> glad, really glad we could get you on and have a quick chat with you. And you're off on the tour next week. That's very exciting. Uh, the, the tour for this year, heading out to San Francisco, San Diego, New York, taking in four NFL games, two college games, a high school game, all of that as well. And, uh, and I'm, I'm so jealous of you right now. I'm not going to lie. It should be a fantastic time, and uh, and having the sun in in California as well as a, a bit of a chilly chilly end to the tour will just be a, a great a great experience for everybody. And uh, and of course we see the Bills again against the Jets, uh, which should be a bit of a grudge match with Rex going back to his uh, to his old team. And we get to see um, Brady and the Patriots take on Eli and the Giants. And that's the game I picked for them to be the first game they lost this season. So. Hopefully, that's a good omen that you're going to be there as well. Uh, Andrew, always a real pleasure. Have a good one, pal. Thank you very much, Will. Now we've gone through the Twitter questions, we can actually finish. Thank you very much for listening to The Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. We've had fun. Keep listening. Keep tweeting. Instagram us now as well. It's an exciting new medium we've just discovered. Uh, We love you for listening. Thank you so much. Have a great week. And we'll see you on Friday, Saturday-ish, depending on when we're going to get all our audio together from the Chiefs and Lions. Have a great week. Another Wembley game coming up. I'm so excited!